I've had to like sit down with myself and do a lot of like evaluation. And for Mal, it's me being free and loose and also very competitive on the field. And like that, that's me. That's like my identity. Welcome to the Just Women Sports Podcast, where we talk to the biggest athletes in the world about the untold stories behind their success. I'm Kelly O'Hara, and my guest today is Mal Pugh. Mallory Pugh has been considered the future of the U.S. Women's National Team since before she could even drive. After making her debut for the senior team at age 17, she went on to become the youngest player in team history to ever score in the Olympics at the 2016 Games in Rio. She represented the U.S. again in the 2019 World Cup in France, recording her first World Cup goal at the age of 21. Mallory chose to forgo her college career, blazing her own trail as she turned pro in 2017. She continues to play in the NWSL today. Mal, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm very excited about this chat. Me too. To talk to you because you've, you're so young. You've already had such a crazy, amazing career. Mm-hmm. I know you're going to do so much more than you already have. And I've kind of had a front row seat to it. Oh, yeah, you have. Oh, yeah. Since you got on the full team, I obviously didn't know you at all before you got on the full team when you're just a little, a little, little Mal. So I'm excited. And we're going to start this off by going back to the beginning, like we do in every episode, and talk about your childhood and how you got started in soccer. So you, you come from a family of athletes. Your parents are both athletic your sister played soccer but neither neither of your parents were soccer players so how did you first get into the sport I think I got into it because my sister was playing it and I feel like I was just like surrounded by it so much and like at the field all the time and I was always at her games and like I'd go to her practices and then next thing you know like I like loved the game and I just kind of fell in love with it and then I think also another reason why I was playing or like got into it was because like when I was younger, I'd always looked up to her Mm -hmm. and like, I always wanted to be just like my sister. And so she was playing soccer. I was like, well, I want to play soccer too. So first of all, your sister Bree, she's how many years older than you? She's like five years older than me. I think she started playing when she was probably like six or so. So I started playing when I was like three or four Got around it. that age. But like at that age, you're just like trying things out, you know? Well, yeah, Mal, you're just starting. <laughs> <laughs> but, you're not going out there and hitting Golosos like you are now. But yeah, um, you are just getting started. Did you ask your parents? Did you say, hey, mom and dad, I want it like as a three-year-old. I don't even, are three-year-olds able to articulate that? I want to play soccer. No. I definitely did not, but okay. I mean, I loved it. It was so fun. Yeah. And then I feel like my sister saw her play like competitive. And at that time, like I, I don't know, I was like seven or so. And I like go to her games and I'd like sit on the bench with her team, like That's force so my way in. So I just like was surrounded by the game. And honestly, like I always tell her, I'm like, thank you for playing soccer because you were the one that like really got me into it. And like I played other sports too growing up, but I don't know. I feel like soccer was just the one that like stuck. And I'm glad I played more than one sport growing up because it like taught me like different skills and it like, 
I wasn't just like solely focused on soccer because I feel like if I was, I'd probably go crazy and you just fall out of love. But I feel like you're different in the sense of you played these other sports, but you very clearly remember loving soccer yeah. from a very early age. Whereas like mm-hmm. for me, I, I just like to play sports. I didn't really, soccer wasn't that, that interesting to me or mm-hmm. exciting, but that's what I think is so fascinating. You started watching international games at age six. Is that true? Yes, but it wasn't like... You weren't taking notes? <laughs> no. I just like, I saw soccer on the TV and I was like, oh, of course I'm going to watch this. Like, it's soccer. But I didn't know like what exactly it was. I mean, I don't think I watched a soccer game until I was probably 10 or 11. I think the first soccer game I really watched on TV was the 1999 World Cup. Mm-hmm. And then after that, didn't watch that much again until college. Yeah. I guess now that I look at it that way, it is, but... That would surprise me, reading about that. Yeah. What age did you start, you solely focused on soccer? Like, when did you drop everything else? My freshman year of high school. Okay. Is when, so, how old are you in 14, 15? Something like that. Yeah. Because I did basketball all the way up until my freshman year of high school. And I, like, actually remember, I was, like, I kind of, I, like, wanted to play basketball for my high school team Mm -hmm. um just because I did like basketball too but it was so unrealistic because like I was missing so much school because there were so many like youth camps Mm -hmm. and then like with club soccer too like it was just like starting to get really crazy because like we just started ECNL so I was like I can't do that too so you felt like it was the time that you had to drop everything else because the time commitment was so much for the amount of soccer you were playing, the level that you were playing at, at that point in your life as a freshman in high school. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, there was no way I could have, I mean, there was a way I could have, but yeah, I think I would have like just gotten really tired and overwhelmed for sure. And of course, like I liked soccer more. So, and I feel like I had more of a future in soccer than I did basketball or track or whatever, but I still liked the sports, but I saw more of a future with soccer. So I was yeah. like, should probably go practice more. It was decided for you. Yeah. So you obviously progressed very quickly throughout your career, not only as a kid, but then, you know, through high school into the full national team, that sort of thing. But how did that happen early on? Like when you were a kid, what did that look like? Was that just you going out there and loving it and wanting to get better? Like how did you become so good at such an early age? Do you think? The way I put it, I was always doing like extra work, but I don't like saying it was extra work because it was just me like in my free time again. So in love with soccer that I was just like, going out and practicing new things on your own. Like what, what, what were you you doing? Like I would vividly remember like going in, like I'd ask my parents to move the, their car like out of the garage so I could be in the garage and like be pounding balls against the wall. And my dad would be working and he'd be like, can you stop that? (laughs) (laughs) I remember going up to our like high school track and field and like 
going by myself and just either juggling or running around with the ball. But in high school too, like I remember I would go like after, after school, right before training or like a high school training, I would go to the field and just work on like finishing because like, that's when I started realizing too, that I, I just got back from national team camp and like the coaches were like, here, this is what you need to work on. So I was like, okay, yeah, like I'm going to go work on this because I'm not going to have time like after training to do it. So I got to squeeze it in right after school or something like just like little things like that. But it was never, I don't think it was ever like a drag for me. Yeah. I was about to ask is what was the motivation behind the doing extra, even though you didn't consider it doing extra? Was it purely loving soccer? Was it wanting to be the best or get to a certain level? Like, were you motivated by that? Was it a combination of those things? Yeah, I think at first it definitely was me just like loving soccer. And it always has been me just loving soccer. But once I got older, I realized like my goals and aspirations are closer than I ever realized. So I was like, I'm actually capable of doing this. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to go out and do extra so I can reach those goals and I can be the best version of myself. So what made you realize that they were closer than you ever thought that they could be? Cause like you were in the youth system, but was it a coach? Was it a certain situation that made you believe like, Oh, I could get to the national team, the full level soon. No, I don't know how it happened. I like looking back, I'm like, Whoa. Yeah. (laughs) The only thing that I do remember I was a freshman in high school and I was like, wow, the Olympics are four years away. Like I could actually like do that. But I was like, but will it happen? Like, I don't know. Like if it happens, it happens. That's crazy as a freshman for you to be like, oh, the Olympics are four. Like I definitely did not think that. I never really like, I wasn't like, okay, the Olympics are four years away. Like I'm making every decision right now to like get on that team. Like I feel like I was enjoying every journey in like every national team camp, every club game, every high school game. I was just enjoying like life, honestly. And with that, obviously there were times when I was like, okay, like I need to like go and like do extra work. And, or there was times when I was like, if this is actually something that I want, probably when it got closer, I was like, then I need to like push Mm -hmm. um, for it. But I don't think it ever was like something I was like too hard on myself about, if that makes sense. Yeah. It was, it was something, it was in your mind. It was a goal. It was like you said, an aspiration, but it wasn't, it didn't dictate every second of every day, but it definitely guided your actions and the amount that you put in. And also just the fact that you had it in your mind. I think that manifestation mentality is important. And as a freshman, like me saying that I never thought, Oh, the Olympics are four years away. I could maybe make that team. LOL. I would have never thought that as a freshman, but the fact that you thought that meant there was something inside of you that knew that was possibility. So I kind of want you to explain, because I don't even know, and I know you, how you went from, because you said as a freshman, you were already getting called into national team camps, that sort of thing. So kind of explain what that progression looked like in your early life. You were playing club soccer. You obviously started Muppet soccer, played other sports, Mm -hmm. played club. And then when was the first time that you 
got called in to a national team camp at the youth level. I think I was in seventh grade. Oh my God. <laughs> Which is really scary. <laughs> and that in the, what was, what was the age group for that? U15, U14? It was a U14 girls like identification camp. So I remember there was like 80 something girls and I was like, what am I doing here? Like, there is no way like. Because in, as a seventh grader, you're what? Probably 11 or 12. Yeah, I was 12. And you were going into U14. Yeah. National level girls ID camp. Yeah. And um, at that camp, I learned one thing about myself is when I overthink. So at age 12 is when I learned this. Anytime anyone overthinks anything, it's terrible. I was overthinking every little thing. So yeah, that was my first camp. And then we did qualifying in Jamaica and... I think we were the first team to not qualify for the World Cup, which was not good. Okay, I want you to talk about that. But before you do that, I want to know, after that ID camp, were you you like, oh, I overthought things. I was like, I'm never getting invited back. Okay, so you had, you thought that. (laughs) It's over. I blew it. (laughs) And did you get called back in for like the next possible camp? Yeah. Oh my God. That's amazing. I love that because I remember my first youth team camp. It wasn't an ID camp, but it Mm -hmm. was, um, it was just like a U15. I think it was either U15 or U16. And I remember showing up the first day of practice and just being like, oh my God, what am I doing here? Put me on the plane home. (laughs) I'm out of my league. This is going this isn't going to go well. Tobin was there and was just doing ridiculous things, but then I got invited back. So, but my goal in light, like when I was there, I thought just get invited back to the next camp. That's all that matters. Yeah. And you did. Yeah. Yeah. When I got that email, I was like, so relieved. Yeah. So you felt like you weren't going to call back in. You did. And did you, was it kind of just consistent every time there's an opportunity to be playing on the youth national team, and there was a camp or a tournament or games, you were getting called in. Yes. The one time I didn't, I broke my femur. And I remember I was really, really upset because I was missing camp. But I bounced back. How long were you out for? Like three months. That's not terrible. No. Okay. (laughs) No, that's not terrible at all. I'm like, now, (laughs) like, wow. Yeah. That was so quick. Exactly. All right. So the only time you can get called into a youth team camp was when you broke your femur. So, Mm -hmm. and, but as you're getting called in, you were getting called in like the next age group, not necessarily as you were getting older, it was just happening. Like you go, you went to U15 and then at, for U17 at qualifying, how old were you on that team? I think I was 15. And what were, what were the coaches telling you? Were they just like, yeah, you, we want you on this team. We need you on this team. We're bringing you up to yeah. the 17 level. I actually, my whole youth youth career, I never played for my year. age group. Yeah. Now that I think about it, because the last one I would have played for was the last U20s, maybe. That's so crazy. Yeah. I never really thought about it until I just spoke out loud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's wild. So you lose in Jamaica the first time yes. at the U17 level to qualify for the youth world cup. Mm-hmm. What was that like? It was really 
sad because we all were just like in that team we were all like really really close did that kind of light a fire like was it what do you feel like good things came out of that yeah obviously individually it lit a fire but like I think that age group because we were like we're gonna qualify for the world cup because we didn't qualify last world cup so like this is the last youth world cup we can try and win and yeah I think it was like that kind of lit a fire and like also I feel like a lot of people doubted that U20s group and we actually made it farther than a lot of people said we were going to Mm -hmm. so I feel like just the the fact that we didn't qualify for that U17 World Cup played a lot of success played a big role role in the success of our U20. So the U20 and the U20 team you're talking about, you were 17, I think at that time when you were on that team and you guys qualified, you won the golden boot at that tournament, the qualifying tournament. Yeah. And then soon after you were named the U S soccer young female player of the year, as well as the Gatorade national player of the year. Was that your, that was your junior year or senior year? in high school the world cup qualifying in the golden boot i was still in my senior year okay and then the gatorade player of the year was junior year i think got it so yeah because then i remember after that tournament is then when i got called into the full team full team okay so that must have been fall of 2015 that you guys went to the tournament qualified yes and you're 17 (laughs) years old and then you get called in to full U.S. team camp mm-hmm. in January, <laughs> like six months after we had just won the 2015 World Cup. Mm-hmm. What were you thinking at that time? You're 17 years old. Well, I was really scared. I just remember being <laughs> being in the meal room and I was like, what am I doing here? Like, what is this? Like I remember Sid was there and she was, and I was like, so I was like, Sid's right there. Carly's right there. Like so weird, but thank goodness I had Lindsay there, but also I feel like, I don't know. I feel like that camp, like I was like, okay, like I really have like nothing to lose. Like I'm just going to go and like have fun, enjoy it, play soccer compete for sure and I wasn't overthinking it at all yeah I I actually can remember feeling that way for you it was kind of like this is this kid essentially that Mm -hmm. U.S. soccer is super keen on and thinks she's gonna do amazing things and has a ton of potential and but she has nothing to lose and she and you and I feel like you played like that like I remember watching you and just being impressed with how you handled everything Mm -hmm. yourself, like on the field and off the field. Um, yeah, because you're so young. I do think on the field though, I was like, this is like, the pace was so, it was like unbelievable. It was like, holy shit. Like everyone is so fast. Like everyone's so intense. It was crazy. Yeah. And I love it now. It's so fun. I know. But it's definitely, yeah, you just, you, you can't even really describe it or understand how it feels until you're in it. And you're, you're in like, it. oh my yeah. God, this is like a hundred times faster than anything I could have 
anticipated. Yeah. 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 So I want to talk about on-field stuff, but first, did you have an idea that you might be getting called in to national team, like full team? And how did you handle that? Like, how did you handle all the hype around you? Because as your friend and like watching you go through it, once you got into the full team, I feel like you've been, you've, you've handled things very gracefully for your age and very maturely, but how do you feel like, what do you think you prepared yourself for that? Like, how did you handle it? How did you approach it? I honestly, I feel like obviously there, when I first got called in, there was like all this hype about me getting called in. And then there was all this like stuff about me not going to college or, and all that stuff. I just like didn't care. And maybe I was like that because at 12 years old, I learned to like not overthink true stuff. So also like, I feel like I just get like really awkward about all that kind of stuff. The hype. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I know I you do sweaty about it. Oh my, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. It. So you think that you were able to block out all this noise because of what happened when you were 12. Don't overthink it. Just enjoy it. Be yeah. in the moment, that sort of thing. Yeah. That's so impressive. I didn't really think too much of it at that time. Okay, but there's still a lot of pressure there. Like I felt well, pressure yeah. for years and years and years showing up to every, you know, every single national team camp, I would feel that pressure. I feel like pressure, everyone deals with it differently. Like for me, I'm pretty good at blocking out like external pressure but for me it's internal pressure that I've always been very 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 hard on myself with you have yes and so I think for me it's like when that internal pressure like is like at an all-time high is then when I like start overthinking and then start like caring a lot like I start caring too much about a situation and then that is when I'm not clicking mm-hmm. or I'm not being mal. Yeah, I feel like you've had to learn a couple times mm-hmm. throughout your For career. Because sure. I, I remember having a conversation with you about, you're like, I just need to get back to doing what I'm really good at and mm-hmm. not overthinking things. Like, I, I yeah. remember you telling me this and me saying, yeah, like, because I when you first came into the team, you would just play with this freedom You'd mm-hmm. get on the ball and you would just skin people, go by them, get a cross mm-hmm. off, get a shot off. It's like, how is this girl doing this? And it was almost like what you're saying. Yeah. You had this freedom because you didn't care too much. You wanted it, but you were able to play freely, which is hard to do with yes. pressure. Yeah. And I mean, it's exactly it. I've had to like sit down with myself and do a lot of like evaluation and growing about I'm like okay when I first got on the national team and before that how was I off the field and how was I on the field and I'm like okay and then what has been different throughout the years and I've just like had to learn and I've like identified that for Mal it's me being free and loose and also but like very competitive on the field and like that, that's me. That's like my identity. And then when I kind of lose that because of me overthinking a certain situation or 
um, putting too much pressure on myself, that's when that like freeness goes away. And I'm just like, so tense on the field. Yeah. So, Oh man. Um, well, I want to talk about the first camp. You obviously touched on a little bit being in, you know, the meal room, seeing Sid, yeah. seeing Carly, but you did have this, this whole thing that was swirling of you potentially the media was talking about you not going to college or opting mm-hmm. out of college, turning pro mm-hmm. talk about that. There was so much hype. Yeah. So it was ridiculous. Honestly, I was like talking to Lindsay a lot about it and I was roommates with her that camp. And I think the biggest advice that she gave me, and I still to this day, like carry with me is she was like, make the decision that, that you won't like regret the most. If that makes sense. Yep. Did I put that right? Yeah. Did you feel pressure from us soccer to turn pro because felt, it was leading into an Olympics. It, that was, it was the beginning of an Olympic site or not cycle, but year, like Jan, it was January, 2016. We're playing the Olympics. Did you feel like U.S. soccer was like, yo, we want you to be available and not in high school or like going to college. We want you to come play and be pro. Yeah. I had pressure from all sides and that was like the first time I've really realized that it's like my career and I need to do what's best for me. And I think one big thing for me was to finish high school, obviously. And I wanted to go to my prom. My but I thought, prom. You did, I thought you ended up not being able to go to your prom. No, you did. No, you went with, I was with able, I was able to go to all my high school dances and proms. You're and, so lucky. I missed my senior prom and I wasn't on the full team. Yeah. How'd you find I, I don't know how I got so lucky, but because prom, remember very important. But yeah, I think there was definitely pressure from all sides. And I finished school, obviously. That was really important. And I knew deep down, like, I wanted to go to UCLA. And like, I needed to go to UCLA. And I'm very, very grateful and thankful that I did. And I think, obviously, everything works out the way it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And... Yeah, I feel like I needed to go just to kind of solidify like what I wanted and what like my goals and the steps it was actually going to take to get there. And at the time, like I was only like 17 years old, like I was like, I cannot imagine me going pro right now. Yeah, like I could, I could and yeah, I couldn't see it. And so obviously decided after camp that. I wasn't going to go. So I went in January and then was only there for like three months. But it was like those three months I needed to like validate Mm -hmm. like what it is in life and what it is that I want to do with my career. And like, so I like came to terms with myself and I was like, okay, this is what I want. Like, this is what I need to do. Can you talk about, because I asked you after you made the decision, how did you get to that? How did you finally come to the place where you can make the decision? And do you remember what you told me? No, what I say? You said that you would go to bed every night thinking uh-huh. about turning pro and wake up every morning thinking about the decision about should I turn pro or not? Yeah, and f- I mean finally got to the point yeah. it was constantly on my mind like that whole year it was constantly on my mind it was like so draining yeah and one night I went to bed and I was like 
I was praying and I was like, just please give me an answer of like what it is that you want me to do with my life. Like, (laughs) I'm like so lost right now. And I remember like, um, waking up and I just, I just knew, like, I was just like, this is what I'm going to do. There was definitely times after I was like, what did I do? What made you question it? Well, I think moving across the country and then living by myself in a whole new place. Yeah, that'll do it. (laughs) Yeah. And I was just like, oh gosh, like I made the wrong decision. Like this is terrible. But looking back at it, like I've always had to grow up pretty fast, Yeah, but that made me grow up really, really fast. Um, But yeah, looking back at it, I'm like, I don't think I would change my decision or I think everything worked out the way it's supposed to. Yep. Um, it was my journey. Everyone's journey is completely different. Mm -hmm. I've always told myself, like, I wanted to be able to like inspire younger generations. And I do feel like me stepping out and like kind of having to be bold and, Mm -hmm. um, courageous with that. It, it did like maybe send that signal or send that message that like females and people in women's sports can be able to do stuff just like how men and basketball players can leave school early and go for sure professional yeah um but again everyone's journey is different not saying that everyone should leave school no trust me (laughs) I'm not putting that out there I was like stay in school Mal you need to learn things um I know no that's I know how serious you took that decision and how heavy it weighed on you for so long. So, yeah. And now hearing you say, you know, you're happy that you did that. And you were the first female player to leave college and turn pro. That was, you know, obviously Lindsay, you've talked about Lindsay a lot. People, Mm -hmm. it's Lindsay Horan. She didn't go to college at all. She went and played pro overseas. Yeah. Do you think that Lindsay's influence of turning pro, not going to college at all kind of influenced you and allowed you to feel confident in making the decision that you did? Um, I don't think so. I think just having Lindsay and like having her advice and like the things that she went through, she was very open and honest with like everything, which I appreciated. And she was like, look, like whatever you're going to do, like it's going to work out. And it always does, right? Like, yeah. I feel like at the time, you're, everyone's always like, mm, what's going to happen? <laughs> um, but it always works out. And I feel like she was definitely just someone who I went to yeah. a lot of different conversations with. For sure. You helped. guys are both very mature for your age. Yeah. You little cuties. Okay, not to backtrack, but we subbed into your first game together. I know. Which is, I, I like love that. So I know I was really close with Mitzi. She's 10 years older than me. I'm 10 years older than you. I know. And I was like, oh, this is like what I, maybe I can be what Mitzi was to me for Mal, you know? And I've told you that before. Um, do you remember what I told you? I feel like I told you like, uh, before we subbed in, I feel like you said you were like, I'm pretty sure it was I like don't... defend, like have fun, but defend hard. Or yeah. Like that. Yeah. You definitely said like, go enjoy, like enjoy it. Yeah. It was, it was such a cool moment because I think that you were like the youngest player to debut for the national team in almost 15 years. Yeah. And you know, that was the beginning of 
of your career with national yeah. team and yeah. you ended up scoring in that game right mm-hmm. what was that mm-hmm. like I mean that's just insane um all I remember is I really just heard the crowd and I was like wow I've never heard anything <laughs> like that <laughs> that's really loud I was like wow there's a lot of people here <laughs> um but yeah I mean it was I feel like I was just like so happy yeah just pure bliss yeah, yeah. Well, you sub into your first game in January. Mm-hmm. You're on the roster for the Olympic qualifying tournament, which is a small roster. I think it's 20 players, and then the Olympic roster is 18. You make mm-hmm. the roster for the She Believes Cup. At what point are you like, oh, I could, I want to make the Olympic team? Were you like, oh, this is, I, this could happen? Honestly, I never really thought, like, until Jill told me that you made it. Yeah. I was <laughs> like, okay. Well, obviously, I wasn't like, okay, but I was like, exactly. <laughs> it's like yay like thanks and then I told my parents it's like yeah I made it and then I like legit fell asleep did Jill ever talk to you because I feel like you know she brought you in knowing Mm -hmm. that you were super young did she ever talk to you being like hey I think that you can do this like coming from the coaching a coach telling you yeah I feel like there was definitely a couple times in like a meeting or so she would be like listen like you have like potential to like be on this team. Like obviously there's really good people on the team. (laughs) So she was like, just like compete, keep learning from them. Um, keep learning how to be a professional. Um, just like enjoy being in this like environment and learn as much as you can from this environment. So I was like, okay, yeah, it's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to try and learn as much as I can. And I feel like with that, I was just like enjoying it. So you find out <laughs> that you're going to the Olympics and then you take a nap. Mm-hmm. What were your expectations and what, what was your mindset going into the Olympics? Was it kind of the same thing of this is really cool that I get to experience this and I'm just going to continue to be myself and enjoy it? Did you feel outside pressure with all the hype Um, surrounding you all I remember is I really again like it was the Olympics and I was like I'm going to enjoy this like you can really only get this once and I really just wanted to play yeah like I wanted to be able to play in an Olympics like I feel like that was like my goal was to be able to play and then all the rest of it just like fell in place yeah well you ended up being the youngest player to ever score a goal in the Olympics for the U.S. at 18. Yes. Do you remember that goal? I do remember that goal. Um, I didn't know that it was the youngest to score mm-hmm. in an Olympics. Like, I didn't know until maybe, like, a couple days after. I don't know. But, yeah, that was pretty cool, too. Well, hey, 2016 Olympics was a huge milestone in your career. Yes. Which is pretty freaking cool. It was. And then, you know, like you said, you've talked about already you, you go home, you don't end up going to UCLA for your freshman fall because you're going to play in the U20 World Cup. Mm -hmm. So you redshirt that year. You don't show up on campus until January. You're there for three months. Yes. You decide to, (laughs) you know, I'm going pro and you sign with the spirit. Yeah. And you move cross country to Washington, D.C. Yep. 
and you start your pro career. Do you remember the first couple weeks of being a pro? I think you already kind of talked about a little bit. You were like, this is, did I make the right decision? This is sad. This is only like, well, yeah, this is overwhelming. All my friends were like together, like having fun. And I was in my apartment by myself. I honestly, I don't think I had a bed at the point. And I feel like it just like took time. It took time for me to like try and just like get used to it. And obviously like all the girls on the team were like great. So after that first practice, did you feel, were you like, oh, this was, this was the right decision. You know, maybe things are rough and sad and uncomfortable off the field, but this was the right decision because it's going to make me a better soccer player. Yeah. 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 I did. What's one piece of advice you'd give your 18 year old, or I guess you were, you would just turn 19 when you turned pro. Mm. <laughs> Is there anything you would have done differently? Um, I feel like there were times like on the field when I might've like started to like put that pressure on myself again of like me. I was like, okay, like I just came out of like school and like, I can't be bad. Like I have to like be good. Yeah. Well, you, you eventually get comfortable in DC. You Mm -hmm. end up rooming with Andy and Rose, which is great. You have your little crew to play pro with. You what? So my BFF. Exactly. Um, How important do you think that was to have those people in your life on the field in DC and off the field? Oh, it was huge. Yeah. The second year in DC was pretty rough. Um, I wasn't used to like losing, Yeah, you know, and like being competitive, I'm sure, you know, cause you're the most competitive person I know, but like losing <laughs> when you lose it, it can take a big toll on you. And totally. when you lose consistently, it definitely just like mentally just like drains you. So like being able to at least do it, I guess with your friends, it just like brings a much lighter sense to the situation. Do you feel like you learned or you grew from having to figure out how to handle being on a team that wasn't as successful as you, as all the teams you'd been on before? Yeah. I feel like looking back to now, like there's definitely things that I wish I would have like done different, like specific moments in the game. Really? Like it's all, yeah. I just wasn't as sharp as like I would have liked to be. And I think that kind of plays a role. The losing consistently plays a role in that. You think that losing consistently leads, can potentially lead to someone becoming less sharp because you're just like, yeah. Correct. Like, oh, well, we're going to lose. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to lose again. Like that's, so it's like this, this chance doesn't really matter because we're going to lose. Yeah. Or maybe it's not even like, obviously I wasn't like thinking like that, yeah. but I think I was like, I was those like instinctual moments that should come easy weren't. Mm-hmm. And I think that can, that can be a result from just like mentally being so drained. Yeah. That makes sense for yeah. sure. Yeah. I want to backtrack just a little bit how did you because I don't I don't know if I've ever talked to you about this 
but how did you handle turning pro and like starting to sign endorsements, having big brands mm. going after you and, and handle that? Cause I remember leaving college and I would, that's much older than you were when you went pro, but I was like, I don't, I don't want to deal with this. I don't really care. And mm-hmm. so what were you, were you ready for that? Had you thought about that? What was that like? I've always dreamed of like wanting to be a Nike athlete. Like that has always been a dream of mine mm-hmm. and, and a Gatorade athlete. Like those have always been a dream of mine. So I feel like when that finally happened, I was like, this is so cool. And like, cause these companies are like, so they just stand for so much. So there was a sense of me that was like, I I did buy into it. Like I, I wanted to be a part yeah. of that because it was a dream of mine. But then also there obviously was a lot. I think anytime like anyone signs with someone, like there's a commitment that you need to make. So I like felt like I needed to do that. And then, but then there was a sense and a part of me that about it, like, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Like I just want to play soccer yeah. kind of thing. So I feel like those, like there is those like kind of three things that it, kind of helped me like deal with it. Like obviously it was a dream and I wanted to be a part of it, but then there was a sense and a part of me that was just like, mm, like I'm playing soccer. Like that is my priority kind of thing. Totally. So yeah. makes sense. Um, all right. So getting into 2019 world cup, 2019, you're what? <laughs> you're 21. But it, obviously, 2019, the World Cup ended up being the biggest tournament in the history of women's soccer. You were on that team. What for you stands out about that tournament? Ooh, that tournament, I mean, <laughs> heavy, heavy question. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that tournament, first of all, okay. the whole thing was like, it was fun. It was so fun. Like looking back at like Tottenham. Oh, I know. Like I want to go back to, I want to go back to the lodge. I feel like, yeah, the world cup was definitely, definitely emotionally draining. Yes. And I feel like a lot of people like don't from the outside looking in, they don't see that it is like you're away from your family. What we were on the road for like 10 weeks. Yeah. Yeah. It's intense. And sometimes like you can feel so alone and then there's other times when you don't feel alone Mm -hmm. and it can get hard too because it's like you're doing the same thing every single day but you know that if you keep doing that every single day for 10 weeks like it's gonna pay off at the end but yeah I think for the world cup to describe it it's a roller coaster of emotions you're happy you're sad you are frustrated you are on top of the world you it's a roller coaster um but i think the beauty of it all is like especially last world cup is i got to be a part of like a group that i think changed women's sports and like changed uh, like so many people's views on what women and in sports and what women football players are like capable of, like with us winning, like we started like a whole nother kind of narrative about women's football around the world. 
You're going to make me um, cry. I know. It's so cool to hear you talk about it this way because you're just getting started too. Like you're going to, do you realize yeah. you're going to be the one to carry the torch for, Ugh. you know, 10 plus years? Yeah. Um, and I feel like too, it, like everyone, everyone had their own, it was so cool. It was like, everyone had their own like story and journey throughout yep. that world cup. And, but it was all a part of one. Yeah. And I think that's really cool to look at too. Like, what did you take from that? And how is that fueling you now and for yeah. the future? I mean, I feel like just seeing and actually being in that environment and what it takes, like, obviously like you guys, the veteran players have like been through multiple major tournaments and to like the lead up to the world cup. I'm like, okay, like that's what it takes, but like, it's going to take even more. Yeah. The lead up that I've never been like, so intense with anything in my life. Um, with the preparation. Then, yeah. Preparation. I feel like I'm like also hopefully like very excited for like tournaments and stuff in the future of just like how I'm going to handle like adversity because I do feel like over the past year, like I have grown so much. I was just going to ask you about that. Yeah. Like especially the past, like, I don't know, like four or five months, like I've grown a lot, a lot. And I've learned a lot about myself and like, again, like what makes me tick and what doesn't work for me and like how I can handle certain situations. Like I've learned a lot about, and I've like worked on that. So I don't know. I'd, I'm just like excited just to see what, how the future, like what it kind of holds for me for sure and how I'm going to approach things because I do feel like it's going to be different than what I have the past like couple of years. Definitely. And because I mean, you played a lot in 2016 uh, yeah. in the Olympics and then 2019 mm -hmm. knowing you, I know you didn't play as much as you wanted to. Yeah. But you handled it in a way that was like, I'm going to learn, I'm going to grow mm -hmm. and take this with me because I feel like I told you this, you have so much ahead of you. Yeah. And the fact that you can even be a part of this and maybe it's not the exact experience that you wanted. And like, I've, I've felt that in my career, but then you, mm -hmm. if you're able to learn, which very proud of you for that. I feel like I remember maybe telling you and I don't know, telling Lindsay too. I was like, obviously I wish I would have played more. Who doesn't want to play more? But the way I looked at it and I like started to look at it more and more was like, okay, I get to go to training every day. And with the forwards, I'm training with Tobin, Pino, Alex, Carly, like press, Jess, like all, like I was training against with them. Yeah. And I was competing against them. And I'm like, what an opportunity to one compete against these players that have been going at it for so many years and have been through multiple world cups and have been doing this and at a very high level for a very long time, like 
that's like such a cool opportunity to take in and learn from them. Yeah. But also, but also like continue to know who you are personally and compete Mm -hmm. with them. So yeah, I feel like I definitely had to like change my mindset and like look at it like a different way. Yeah. Um, and once I did that, I was like, okay, like I'm back, like on track, like I'm good. Um, I feel like everybody who goes to a world cup and then maybe doesn't play as much as they want to, like you have this moment or like a day, like 24 hours, 48 hours of like, Mm -hmm. this sucks. And I'm so upset. And like, we Mm -hmm. obviously have seen other teammates go through it. But then once you realize, once you, once you figure out what can I take from this, what can I make this experience be? Yeah. It's pretty, and not everyone gets there. I don't think so. Again, yeah. props to you. And I think at that time, like it wasn't like obvious. Yes. Obviously like wanted to play more, but like it wasn't my time to. Yeah. Like, and I realized like my role was to be, Obviously, I feel like everyone's role, no matter who you are, is to be a good teammate. Mm-hmm. Like you have to be a good teammate. But also I'm like, okay, like how so how am I gonna be a good teammate and how am I gonna be able to be the best version of myself to be able to be that teammate? I love that. And like I said, not everybody gets there. And it's that's I think that's what's special about this team because I do yeah. think that a lot of most people, almost I think everybody gets to a place where it's team before self, For which sure. is really special and it doesn't always happen. Yeah. So you said that this past year you've learned a lot, mm-hmm. had to overcome a lot of adversity, mm-hmm. kind of <laughs> figure things out. Mm-hmm. I want to go back to February. Mm-hmm. You get called by Vlaco that you're mm-hmm. not going to the Olympic. You're not, you didn't make the Olympic qualifying roster, which yes. again is a smaller roster. It's 20 players. You also had been sick leading into the January camp, which the training camp, that was the one that he chose people to go to the, to yeah. qualifying. Mm-hmm. And the same day within like an hour <laughs> or two, <laughs> You got, that was draft day for NWSL. Yes. And you got called and were told that you had been traded to Sky Blue and you had no prior heads up or knowledge. No. Just tell it to give it to us straight. How did that feel? Yeah. So obviously that was a very rough day for Mal, for being Mal. Yeah. It was pretty rough. But I'm a strong, strong believer of everything happens for a reason. You even told me on the phone, you said, you, I think you even said everything happens for a reason. And I, I think I needed it. That's what you said. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I do. And, and to yeah, me, so I, not to cut you off, mm-hmm. but to me, the fact that I was, I was sitting there being like, man, you always, you just have always, you continue to impress me every single time. Mm-hmm. you come up against adversity or something doesn't go your way or things are going your way really well. The way that you handle yourself, the way that you're able to look at situations and deal with them so maturely, but all, but, but you're still so young. Yeah. I've again, 
that's why I want to talk about this. Cause I just feel mm-hmm. like the way that you handled it and how you looked at it in the moment, like right after it happened was incredible. Yeah. yeah. Obviously I was like very, very disappointed and upset because I, I've never not made a roster. Never. Which is, yeah. yeah. Which is crazy. Oh my God. That is crazy. Um, so, but I knew, I don't know. Like I just had this like deep sense of like, I knew I was going to be okay. Like I didn't like freak out. I wasn't like, Oh my gosh, like this is the end. This is, this is the end. In fact, I was like, no, like this is the beginning. Like this is the thing that's going to almost like light a fire. And then Vlaco, he was like, uh, we still want you to come into camp. And like, and I was like, yeah, of course. So I went into camp and I feel like that was honestly like the first time in a very long time until I was able to feel like free again on the field. Um, and I remember I like killed it that training and I like left that training. I was like, oh, okay. Like it seemed like it's going to be okay. Like everything's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And I think another thing that I've mentioned is like, I've always been like very, very hard on myself and put that internal pressure. Mm -hmm. And that was one thing that I didn't want to do. Like when I looked internally, like I didn't want to be like pointing fingers at myself almost, if that makes sense. And I needed to almost like prove to myself that I can like overcome that, Mm -hmm. you know? So where do you feel like you're at now? Yeah. I feel like I've done a lot of growing. (laughs) Namaste. (laughs) Namaste. Um, yeah, I feel like now I, I don't know. I just feel like I am like so much more, I'm like much lighter. I've always known. And I finally have like really believed in when I, or when anyone is truly themselves off the field that's going to translate on the field and so I have had to like sit down with myself and like truly truly identify like who I am like Mm -hmm. who is Mal Mm -hmm. and Mal is the same 17 year old that went into national team camp and was just playing soccer and just like being free. Like that's Mal. But also like Mal has gone through, I like how I'm like, I love it. Myself like it's Mal. Me up. That's great. <laughs> but I've gone through. So like, I've gone through like so many different things. I am like a different person, but so it's like, okay, how can I take what I've gone through and mix it with the 17 year old that was like playing so freely and just enjoying it. And I, I didn't realize, like, I was, like, so drained. You can't be expected to be the best athlete, no. footballer, if you're, you know, if you're running on E. That's, yeah. you're, you're absolutely right. Um, all right, we have repeat questions. Okay. To end with. Okay. They say, work hard, get lucky. How much of your success is predicated on luck? I feel like of my success or yeah you specifically in your life what do you think how much of it is hard work and how much of it is luck uh I feel like I feel like a lot of it's hard work 
I don't want, I don't know like how to put a I don't want to put a number on nope, it. You got to put a number. I'm a numbers girl. Uh, ninety percent. Ninety but, hard work. Ten percent yeah. luck. Yeah, I think. No, I mean, good. there's obviously there's obviously times where like in a game, like if I score like a random goal, but I do say ninety, maybe even higher. Now that I think about it, mm. because I think the more and you probably know this, the more you are prepared. Like you can always, there's, you can always be prepared. Like, I think that is the number one thing to success is like just being over-prepared for anything and to be over-prepared. I feel like that means like repetition. Yeah. Isn't it? There's like a quote that's like when preparation meets opportunity, that's luck or something like that. I don't know. Something like that. But yeah, yeah, I absolutely agree with you. Yeah. That you can't be deemed as lucky if you're not prepared because then you Mm. don't take advantage of the situations yep. all right so you said higher than 90 percent. so what is it 95 93 93 percent hard work seven percent luck sure all right we'll take it all right last question you've already accomplished so much like we've talked about at a very mm-hmm. young age where do you want to go next and how do you keep pushing um i feel like for me, I want to continue just to be on the national team. And I don't know. I feel like I want to, I feel like I have so many like little goals, but I think overall I want to be like an, a serious and positive impact on women's football, not only just women's football, but women's sports in general. Yeah. And I've always told myself, like, when I was little, 10 years old, like, I always wanted to be, like, an inspiration to others. And, like, whatever that holds, if that is to win an Olympics, to win another World Cup, to win, I don't know, NWSL or Champions League or whatever it is, like, then if that that's what's in store for me, like, great, but I know... Overall, I want to be able to just like be an inspiration and be a light um, in this game and in this industry. That was so good. It's true. You already are that light. So thank you for sitting down and chatting Mm -hmm. and being so open. Um, This was very fun. (laughs) Like I said, proud of you. Proud of the way you've handled yourself. Excited to see all the things you're going to accomplish going forward in your career because you're just starting out, which is crazy to think. And I'm excited. I can't wait for like eight years down the road, five years down the road to <laughs> maybe know. talk again like this. And and it's just, I, I feel like it's just going to be another awesome part of your story. So, and I'm excited. Thanks so much for listening. For more great sports content, go to JustWomenSports.com and be sure to subscribe to our newsletter. Our show was co-produced by Just Women Sports and Boom Integrated. Big thanks to our executive producers, Haley Rosen, Adrian Glover, and Robin Lai. John Murray and Sydney Shaw do our research. Production by Jen Grossman, Jeannie Montalvo, Victoria Gruenberg, Clint Rhodes, and Juan Garcia Ticula. Special thanks to Jesse Louie, Haley Kottmeyer, Savon Nadler, Dory Newman, Isis Haywood, and Kathleen Lumavi. I'm Kelly O'Hara, and you've been listening to the Just Women Sports Podcast. Catch you next time.